Welcome back to another episode of Excuse My Grandma. It's Kim and my co-host. Grandma Gail. Okay, well, this week, Grandma Gail and I, you can tell, are in a studio, an actual studio in New York City, not on our couch like we normally are. (laughs) Exactly, without you touching the cameras. Yes, um, because we're here to interview a guest, Chelsea Vaughn. Who, beautiful. Yes. <laughs> Beyond beautiful. Yes. Um, it's better than staring at each other all the time. <laughs> we haven't had a guest in a while, actually. Um, but for those who don't know Chelsea or who do, she's a previous contestant of The Bachelor, uh, the 2020 season with Matt James. And she's a model. She has her own podcast called Vulnerable, where she talks about dating, friendship, pop culture, and more. Chelsea, welcome to Excuse My Grandma. Thank you. So happy to be here with you guys. So, so happy to have you. It's a relief. We don't have to look at each other for a change. <laughs> so let's start with your age, relationship status, and where you're from and currently living. I'm 30. I'm single. And I live in New York. I live in Brooklyn, in Bushwick to be specific. Oh, sorry. I'm from Atlanta, Georgia. Amazing. I want to <laughs> ask also questions like, I oh, I actually have been to Atlanta once. Um, do you feel like the dating scene was a lot different there versus New York? I actually was like such a late bloomer with dating. I didn't start dating until like end of college. Okay. And I got in a serious relationship for five years and then I moved to New York with him. So I never really dated in Atlanta. Okay. Yeah. Where did you go to university? University of Georgia. Oh, yeah. Okay. And we met during New York Fashion Week. Mm -hmm. How was your experience in Fashion Week as like a model and being kind of in that industry? I love Fashion Week. That's like something that's always going to have a special place in my heart, I think, because when I was younger in Atlanta and like I got my degree in fashion, my goal and dream was always like move to New York and be a runway model. Like I just always wanted to do that. Um, So I love runway. I love like the rush of like being backstage and like doing the walk and Mm -hmm. doing all that. Um, So it's interesting now that I'm an influencer being kind of on the other side, Mm -hmm. um, like sitting in the audience. It's it's still fun. Like I still enjoy it and I love the, the show and the creativity and all that. Um, But I kind of miss the runway. Yeah. Yeah. If you were to give advice to people about like being in fashion and in the industry, do you think it's, I don't know if easier is the right word, but I guess an, is it an easier path to be an influencer and get there or to be a model and get there? Ooh. Ooh. I mean, I I almost feel like I can't speak on the path I took to get to an influencer because most people aren't going to go on a TV show. Right, yeah. Um, And I don't want to discredit the people that are influencers from like building a following from the ground up because I think that's a really hard thing mm-hmm. to do um but modeling is really not easy no. <laughs> so I wouldn't I wouldn't say modeling's easier I can't yeah. yeah I think modeling is pretty hard and I think you have to have a really thick skin and and it's just a very unique industry it's interesting I saw Kim I'm just going to interject here I saw something today that warmed my heart actually uh it was a woman now i don't remember her name so what good is this story um you know it's prom time uh across america uh and they are unfortunately uh, body types uh, are very difficult uh when young girls have to go to proms not everybody is a size two four six eight so there is a woman um who uh I, and I don't think she's from uh, from uh, Atlanta, but she's in the South somewhere. I'm gonna, now I have to start looking on the uh, what I saw this morning on the. Um, I'll have to look that up. She has a store that is strictly for teenage girls who are plus sizes, and they come from 
six hours they drive to this one location. She should do and, delivery. Well, she what and she what she's doing now. I mean, it's wonderful. She's fabulous. Uh, she she was on. I actually th saw her on the Today Show this morning. Okay. She's she's giving dresses away to some of the children who can't really afford. Mm -hmm. You know, the dress is a hundred dollars, a hundred and twenty-five dollars, yeah. and that's a lot. Um, and uh, she's giving many of them away to young girls and the body image that they have putting on this glamorous dress mm. it's fabulous i mean and i was thinking you know models have it so no matter what size you are you know plus size small size it's it's such a hard thing today for women uh especially i mean men have big and tall stores i guess too <laughs> yeah. but for women and for young girls today don't you think i mean modeling is really something that it can be beautiful but it all can be very frustrating too because body types are so different and to have that hyper focus yeah. yeah. Well, that's the problem. Uh, you know, I mean, you are the most gorgeous thing I've ever seen, and you're tall. We're short. Thank heavens, we're we're not we're not uh, we're a, a sort of small uh, bones, so we can still fit into you know regular sizes. But so many people can't, and there's such a need out there yeah. for this. And I think the, a lot of the models are now projecting like the big models are coming out and saying big is beautiful, and which you know all these things are so important. I think for psyche uh, of young people today. Uh, I'm, I'm very much, you know, against the stereotypes where we used to look in magazines and see everybody looking like Twiggy because nobody really looked like Twiggy except for Twiggy. And so I think what a lot of models such as yourself are coming out and saying, everything is beautiful. And this woman today, I, I was so inspired this morning. I was thinking yeah. to myself, I'd like to open a store like this and almost have her come to New York. Believe me, there are so many locations that need this kind of, mm -hmm. of stuff. So um, it's hard to be a model. Yeah, it, it, that part of modeling definitely is tough just because you're being scrutinized based on your body and mm -hmm. everyone has different bodies and everyone's is really beautiful. Mm -hmm. But I just happen to look like this, you know? Like I, <laughs> I, I You were born like I, this, I, we know. I just happen to be born tall and skinny. Like, right. And me in this body is still not technically good enough for what they want a straight size model Very to be, you know? I'm still, my hips are still technically too big and my waist is still an inch too big. Like. So they even, still have those rules. Yeah, even even when you're born technically like right. the model that's supposed to be, you're still not, everyone's still trying to fit into this right. standard that's unrealistic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I do think it's changed for the better. Like, it's not right. as bad as it used to be. Right. Um, and there are a lot more plus size model opportunities and curve models and mid-size models. Um, but they still have a long way to go for sure. Well, I certainly think from the personalities you see on television, everybody is heavy. So I sort of like that. I don't know. I think oh, I'm telling you, if you yeah. look at commercials on television now, you don't see any thin people anymore. Well, but that's like going the opposite direction because you don't want someone who's really thin to then look at commercials and be like, well, I'm not being represented. Or oh, that's like, true. there are a lot of I've tall girls. Like that. I have friends who are really tall that are insecure when it comes to dating and stuff because they a lot of guys are shorter than them. Mm -hmm. and they feel their egos are less than in those situations. Yeah. So have you run into that with dating? Definitely. I think guys are insecure about the height thing. Like there's always the joke about if a guy says he's six foot on hinge, he's definitely 5'10". Yeah. <laughs> um, and I actually am six feet tall, like I'm 5'11 and a half. Um, so I think, I don't, I guess I wouldn't know if that scares guys off on like dating app profiles because you have to put your height. Yeah. Um, and I would prefer someone taller. Mm -hmm. Like that's just a preference. I would date someone probably like 
five ten would okay. maybe be like the lowest because yeah. i do like to wear heels right and i do like to like feel confident in my height and i think it's really the guys that are insecure that i have a problem with mm-hmm. like if you're not insecure about it and you're 511 and i'm six feet and i wear heels sometimes and i don't right. and we're both good then we're good but if you're like oh like you're too tall i'm intimidated like a lot of guys do feel like that and would never date me because of my height. Yeah. Well, those guys can go date Kimberly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the ones that were insecure with you because Kimberly's very little. Yeah. So she's perfect. perfect. See, I always told you good things come in small packages. You don't have to worry. <laughs> Do you ever think about with future wedding photos? Like, let's say in heels, you're taller than whatever guy you're going to end up with. Um, do you You, care that you're going to look taller in the photos or you're going to not wear heels? I actually have thought about this because I've done bridal modeling Mm. and the wedding dresses, like they look so long on everybody else, Mm. like your size. Yeah. And on me, when I put on heels, they're usually too short. That's so funny. And so I'm probably just for comfort stand, like purposes, probably won't wear heels at the wedding. Um, just because I want to be comfy, Yeah. but not because of the height thing. I wouldn't really care. Um, Maybe my future husband can stand on a step behind me. Right. Let him stand stand on a step stool. It's fine. (laughs) You look good. Okay, let's talk Bachelor. Um, I'm going to open this up for debate. Don't let Grandma Gail make you feel comfortable, but she is going to say her true thoughts about the series and the franchise, because I know we disagree on this a lot. I'm a huge fan. Well, you're obsessed. <laughs> Don't say you use fan. You're, you're like, you're, you wrote your college thesis on it. Not yeah. too many people do that. Yeah. <laughs> At an Ivy um, League college. Do you want to say your opinion before we get like... No, you can talk. Okay. I'll, I'll just put my opinion in there somewhere. Okay. Well, let's start with like how and why you applied to be on the show. I was single. Mm-hmm. It was COVID. So this was June 2020. Mm-hmm. And... I was bored. I wasn't doing anything else. Modeling industry was shut down. I also moved back home to Atlanta. Or I didn't move, but I was at home for like weeks with my mm-hmm. mom. And I just looked at the application. And also it was the first Black Bachelor, Matt James. Yes. And we knew that it was him. So a lot of times when people sign up, they don't know who the Bachelor actually is. Um, but I already knew. So I only signed up because I was like, oh, like he seems like a good match for me. He's tall. Right. He lives in New York. Mm-hmm. He's an athlete. And I signed up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And speaking of that, like, how do you think the show has done since having the first Black Bachelor with representation? Ooh, I don't know if it's necessarily related, but I think the show is going downhill. Um, And I don't know if that's related to it being a cable television show, Mm -hmm. it being outdated. Like, I think people are more interested in seeing shows on streaming services. Yeah. And shows that are more realistic, like Love is Blind. That's not realistic, but like... (laughs) Love Island, maybe. Love Island, or like, I think that's why people like Bachelor in Paradise so much better, because there's more of an even mix of men and women, so it's definitely more realistic to find someone that way than one guy, 30 girls. Mm -hmm. Do you know how Paradise works? I don't know. The last time I watched anything to do with Bachelor, all the girls were in mud. running around the mud and the guy was supposed to pick the girl that was in the mud. Uh, See, this to me Mm -hmm. is the worst thing that I've ever seen for women (laughs) in my life on television. So I can understand. I hope they take a bath and a shower and then they can see how they look. I'm saying that's a season of The Bachelor, but on The Bachelorette, it's a bunch of guys. I think it's disgusting either way. (laughs) I don't think think 10 men should have to vie for one woman and I don't think one woman should have to vie for 12 guys and they're crying and then and then they have a nervous breakdown they can't live without him they've known him for two days I mean the whole thing it's a fantasy let's face it it's a fantasy in many cases maybe it'll work for the the individuals on the show but I, I my feeling is on it and you 
know this is my feeling, that it's a little degrading, uh, especially for women who have done so much to come up in society as equals, to start having nine and ten women crying if the guy doesn't give her a rose. They're all such gorgeous women. All of them. I mean, there's not one ugly lady on those shows, nor are there any ugly men on the shows. So when they had 10 bachelors and the girl had to pick that, that was pathetic, too, because any woman would take any of those men. I, I think somehow just what you were saying, that the show is becoming less popular, it's because people understand it's ridiculous. So, you know, versions of it are still fun. And I can, uh, as entertainment, but I don't think people should take it literally uh, at all because I. But that's why, and this is actually what my thesis was about. Like, I think you have to have more credit for the viewer. I don't think anyone's watching it being like, this is what dating is. And like, this is all I know about how relationships work. I think you watch it and you think that's, this girl is doing something where she made a mistake. Now I know what not to do in love. And it's like a form of emotional learning, but. I actually agree with both of you. Okay. (laughs) I agree with Grandma Gail. I do think in some ways it is kind of a huge step back for women. The way that it's presented, I think it's a bit misogynistic. The choices that are made in editing definitely are. Mm -hmm. From having lived it and having to watch what it is aired as, Mm -hmm. it's very different. And because my season of women was like 30 spectacular, stunning, smart women that all like went to amazing schools and are doing crazy, amazing careers and just like incredible people, what it's what it turns into doesn't necessarily present that. Right. Yeah. And I, I, <laughs> I don't think the viewers are as smart as you think they are. <laughs> I don't either. I think a lot of people watch it and take it literally, mm-hmm. too literally. I think there's just a large portion of the population that I didn't consider that I was like smacked in the face with when I got off the show because it's like, wow, people, some people really watch this and think it's real. Yeah. Like real, like, well, it is real. It's yes, it's real. Yeah, it's, it's just, real in a bubble. It's not it's, real in reality. And it's also really chopped up. And yeah, right. <laughs> so, um, in yeah. your experience, can you give an example of something that like came off differently in editing in your story that wasn't true to life? Mm-hmm. Um, it's tough. If you feel comfortable, yeah. yeah I I you know, don't, don't am like technically not allowed to like. Oh. Oh, okay. Go there. But let me try to think of something like. Um, what season was the one that I saw with the wrestling? That's <laughs> every I season. Know, <laughs> actually, no, in yeah. The mud, yeah. In the mud. I think you're thinking of, um, I think it was Pilot Peter's season. Maybe. I feel like they made them do some sort yeah. of mud wrestling okay. or like pillow fighting in a ring or something. There did, was a pillow fight. I, there's always something. Um, Who thinks, it now I'm just curious. Is there, <laughs> producer. This is, the producer thinks of this? Yeah. And it's the same guy on all the bachelors, the same producer, or they change these, produ- these season to season? There's a lot of people that stay and have right. been there since the beginning, right. but there's a lot of people that come in and out. Mm-hmm. But there is a whole team of people that make come make up with this. the dates. Okay. And there was a boxing date on my season that I was fed up about. Like, we were all pissed because I was like, this is incredibly misogynist. I'm not going to sit here and physically fight over yeah. a man. Yeah. yeah. I'm not doing it. It's I was not like, even that. Like, when I watch, I get worried. Because like, I feel like a lot of people put themselves in the... Um, shoes of who they're watching so like I'm always like if I were on this show I would have to get a doctor's note that I can't do any of the physical activities there's no way I'm doing anything physical no (laughs) well then you can't go on that's it 
it. Your career is over. You better yeah. just go in a different direction. Right. Yeah, yeah, there are a lot of physical days. That I, I was... don't think I could deal with my friends <laughs> asking, oh, is that your granddaughter on The Bachelor? <laughs> I have to, I go to a lot of different functions. I don't want that to okay. come up. <laughs> what did your family think of you on the show? They were pretty supportive. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've been in, I guess, the entertainment industry right. this whole time. And I moved to New York and I'm like, I'm the one kid that like moved away and did all these crazy things. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't necessarily shocking to them, I don't think. Um, and I also am proud of how I handled myself on the show. Yes. I wasn't, no offense, but like I wasn't the crying girl. Right. Mm-hmm. I wasn't the one saying I was in love after two days. Like I, I've, I'm i a very realistic person. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I wasn't, I didn't really come off any type of way that would be That's embarrassing. <laughs> Yeah. Did you learn anything about yourself on the show? For sure. I think I was kind of, um, like I said to you before um, on my podcast, Yeah. Um, I am not one to talk about my feelings too much or be super vulnerable or cry in front of people and all that kind of thing. And it's like when you're in that environment, you don't really have a choice but to be open and vulnerable mm-hmm. about how you're feeling. So I think it pushed me in that way, which was good. Like I think I needed that push. Mm-hmm. And then with the aftermath of the show, I know from watching, like you went on for the right reasons to find <laughs> a guy, like you thought you would connect with Matt. Obviously, there are like it did help your career, right? If yeah. you so what do you say to people who are like, oh, now they have a whole platform and now they have a social media following and um that kind of aftermath? I think people always assume that people People always assume that we go on the show for the following, yeah, right, for the fame and for the social media part. But I think it's just a product of the show that I'm very grateful for, and I'm not ever going to deny deny that. Like, mm-hmm. and obviously, I thought I've seen the show before. I've seen what happens after the show. I thought maybe I might get a few followers yeah. from it. But mm-hmm. you go into the show for the you can go into the show for the right reasons, and you can also still happen to gain a following Mm -hmm. like I don't think they're mutually exclusive I Mm -hmm. think it kind of was just like I did go for the right reasons and what happened happened I could have gone home night one and had no followers right you know like you just don't know yeah and bachelor fame is very specific I think um because they have that bachelor nation of fans who are super involved and I know we talked about this when we had Nick Vile on our podcast and Ben Higgins Ben is my favorite he was yeah she's obsessed with Ben but he's a wonderful because he does great things with his platform and also went through a lot of like negative personal experiences Mm -hmm. after um what was your experience with that like do you feel like it's equal hate to love or i think when you are the lead like ben and nick it's a whole different ball game because they have to hear it from every side everyone has an opinion half people like them half people hate them whatever Mm -hmm. right for me just being a contestant i think it wasn't because like I said, I don't think I did anything crazy. Mm-hmm. Right. So there wasn't a lot of hate towards me. It was mm-hmm. like people either liked me, found me and followed me or they just didn't bother. Like, right. They just don't think about me and it didn't come up. Okay. Um, there was only like one, maybe two weeks that I got like a bunch of hate for like something I said on the Women Tell All. So that was tough. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was kind of just like, a okay, I'm going to step away from social media for a minute and not check my messages and move on. But I know like there are some other people from my season that mm-hmm. got horrible death threats and had struggled with their mental health and even though I didn't have necessarily negative um feedback a lot I I did still struggle with mental health when I got back just Mm -hmm. because it's so it's interesting because you're because and that's what these gentlemen also said Mm -hmm. because you're in that bubble and then when you leave it Mm -hmm. you hear 
what's all the chatter around you, and it's very disturbing. Mm-hmm. Listen, I got disturbed because they attacked my brisket that I left out a special we one did of the a secret ingredients. Can you imagine getting a, a, getting a negative a thing? We, Kimberly was being cute. She was teasing. We left out an ingredient in the recipe. First of all, it's on TikTok. Well, no. First of all, I wasn't even saying <laughs> here's our recipe. I was just doing a video like making brisket with my grandma for Passover. And people are like, you're gatekeeping the recipe. How dare? And it wasn't like one hater. It was like, a Everybody. lot. A lot. And it's not like I'm on the cooking channel. No. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a chef. <laughs> this is in my own house. Yeah. So I left out the, I think I left out don't the red. Don't say. Oh. <laughs> now, now I'm proving a point. Right. Now I'm proving a point. They don't need to know every all ingredient. Right. Okay. All right. <laughs> um, I also want to talk about. This is living with, with Kimberly and Gail. Yeah. <laughs> this is truly living with Kimberly and Gail. I love it. Yeah. Who do you still talk to from your season, either Matt's season or Paradise? Um, so a lot of my girls from my season moved to New York right after we finished mm-hmm. filming, which was so nice because we had like a little girl group mm-hmm. here. So Abigail was here, Piper, Serena, other Serena. Um, who am I forgetting? That's Maggie. more friends than, uh, than, than either of us have combined. <laughs> Well, not we you. No you have friends. a lot of friends. I have no yeah, so we the ones no that are friends. still in New York, I talk to the most, like mm-hmm. Kit, yeah. Piper, and then Abigail and I are close. And what are they doing? I mean, you've clearly carved out a place for yourself. Are they equally as successful, or have most of them just moved on and gone into traditional careers? Yeah, that's a good question, actually. Um, I would say maybe like five to ten girls from my season are influencers. Yeah. Okay. But um, all of those pretty much, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Because okay. they were they were all there longer than I was. Mm. Okay. Um, but Kit was an influencer before she went on the mm-hmm. show and she's like a, a New York City girl. Yeah, we met Kit um an event. She's okay. Cynthia Rowley's daughter. Okay. Um and then Piper works in marketing full time. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Serena's an influencer. Other Serena is a flight attendant. So kind of a mix. All right, yeah. so it's a mix. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, all right, that's fair. And you're going on Bachelor in Paradise Canada, or I guess you already did go. Yes. What date is it air? May 8th. May 8th. So super soon. Um, what was that experience like overall? And like, where, without in giving- where in Canada did it take place? It's um, outside of Toronto, like at a, okay. lake, a lake town. Okay. It's beautiful. And without, it was really beautiful. Without giving too much away, to go, like what can people look forward to? Weren't what? we asked to go someplace in Canada this summer? Are we going to Montreal or something? Yeah. I don't know if I... Um, finished that oh conversation all right. oh the, yeah. well all right I don't, <laughs> that's a secret i'm letting no, it's out not a secret. i just don't know if um i don't know if we're doing <laughs> all that. right yeah. so we won't go there okay maybe um yeah what can people look forward to for the canada bachelor in paradise i think because it's a different production team and they are all canadians mm-hmm. it's just a different vibe for the show they're very like, nice the canadians they're yeah. so nice <laughs> they are <And> so nice <laughs> I know Canadians. They're just so nice. Who do you know from Canada? <laughs> Lots. We used to go to Toronto all the time. You did? We had friends, yeah. Oh, okay. They're not like anybody else. Oh, they're almost like the, well, they are uh, British uh, right. subjects. But, they, you know, everything is always so wonderful. You wonder if they're taking their smoking pills or something, <laughs> or eating gummies all day yeah. long. Oh, it's so lovely. Everything yeah. is wonderful. No stress. And it's not coming from a place of, like, I feel like I'm supposed to be nice, so I'm nice. Like, it is genuine. genuine. Genuinely nice. No, they're genuinely wow, nice. what's that like? Yeah, I, I mean, it was beautiful. Yeah. Um, I had a really good experience overall. Mm-hmm. Not saying I didn't on the first two shows, but it was just different and it was just lovely. Um, and I'm just really excited for everyone to see it. Me too. Yeah, um, now I have a new wait. show to binge. Well, it's uh, unfortunately, it's only airing in Canada. So what? I'm trying to, I know. I'm trying to figure That's out how, ridiculous. how 
everyone can watch it. Well, you'll have know. to tape it. Oh, I know how. And then send it out to all. Why don't they download like a VPN on their computer? And yeah, there has to be a way. Yeah, there has to be a way. But Come still, on. that's not. Super We're all convenient. invested yeah. now. We want to. We want to <laughs> see it. I know. I know. I wish that City TV would just kind of open up the thing online to yeah. the U.S. I think that would be smart. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't see why they wouldn't want more people to see it. Yeah, it must be something legal or whatever. Maybe. But you'll figure out a way. Yeah, that's so exciting. Um, and how has your dating life changed since going on the show? Like, was it hard in the right after to have, well, first of all, for a while, you can't even go out in public, right? Or you can't be on apps? Yeah. So you can't be until your episode where you get eliminated comes on because you can't spoil the show. Okay. So I was on there for a while. It was like six episodes. So I had to wait until that episode aired to kind of like even go back on the apps if I wanted to. Mm-hmm. But then I didn't want to because I was like, everyone recognized me. Right. And so it was just awkward. Like, you would think guys wouldn't know as much because they don't yeah. watch The Bachelor as much. Right. No. Somebody told somebody who watched it with their fiance, who watched it with... And every guy that I went out with knew. Mm-hmm. And it was just uncomfortable because it right. almost feels like they have a leg up. Like, it's like you Googled me and you know all of these personal details yeah. about me. And I don't know anything about you. So it was it was weird for a while. But it's I think it's gotten better since then. That's great. Yeah. Um, and then now with Vulnerable, your podcast, how like has that allowed you to connect more with your fans that you may have had from The Bachelor or from social media? Yeah, I think that's one of the main reasons that I wanted to make it just mm-hmm. because I feel like I was presented in a very specific way where I was kind of put in a box. Like it's like, OK, you're the model girl from New York. And mm-hmm. like that's pretty much everything everyone knew about me. Um And I really wanted a space where I could actually, I feel like, talk about things that matter to me and kind of just talk at all. Like, I just didn't get, they didn't get to know me very well. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to connect on a deeper level with the people that follow me. Mm Yeah. Yeah. And what about now going to a whole different level? Sure. Which is a question I want to ask. Okay. What's your favorite restaurants in Brooklyn? <gasps> Ooh. Anything Ooh. really new and delicious that we we have to go to? Because we're having a birthday weekend and we're looking for places to go this weekend. Have you been to Bushwick? Well, I, I actually ha- haven't. Never. And I, I like love well, Greenpoint and Williamsburg and stuff, but I've never done the Bushwick. I went to, so this is like, very hard to get into but maybe you know people yeah. <laughs> kimberly you'll know somebody <laughs> um in williamsburg Misi. yeah, heard of Misi? yeah, yeah okay yeah. i went to Misi for the first time oh, give us some more esoteric oh, my God. Okay. we don't want to go to ones that we already went to well i didn't know it's really <laughs> I hard like to I get into Misi, lilia same owner right i love um, italian yeah, yeah um, so do we i'm thinking of brooklyn 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 i usually only go to williamsburg or like right around my house oh what uh. about in bushwick in Bushwick, um, oh, there's so much Mexican. Do you like Mexican? Yeah. And then, <laughs> okay. All I right. mean, Roberta's is like famous. I don't think I've been there. Okay, Roberta's okay. is like. Oh, the, so then maybe we have to try that. Yeah, Roberta's. We, we actually like Mexican, but we have some good oh, ones Roberta's, in our own I went back to Italian. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Roberta's is Italian. And oh, this is like oh, oh, oh. The most known place in Bushwick. Okay. Roberta's. Roberta's. Okay. Good All right. That's a that's, that's a trip. Spot. Yeah. It's yeah, a trip. That's a day trip. <laughs> okay. It's so funny with Brooklyn, like, and I love Brooklyn by the way. This isn't shitting on it at all. I feel like when I go, I'm like, oh, I'm going for lunch, so I might as well spend the day. Like, I feel like that's doing like a day trip. Like, I'm like, I'm taking a trip to Europe. No, literally, that's how I do the bridge. That's how I treat it. Like, it takes 
probably quicker to get to Brooklyn from my apartment than it does to go like uptown. But I treat it as like, I might as well stay like the whole day and have dinner. Like what, should I find a hotel to sleep overnight? Like it becomes a whole thing. It is like yeah. me and my roommate used to joke about how if you we were dating someone living in Bushwick that lived like Upper East mm-hmm. or Harlem, like it was a long distance relationship. It is. But, yeah. It is, yeah. but it is. <laughs> and also deciding like, I feel like the guy should come to you, but sometimes they're lazy or, and it costs a lot of money to go, unless you're taking- Especially an Uber. Yeah, if you're yeah. taking an Uber or something. So that, yeah. You can meet in Chelsea or something. Yeah. Oh my gosh. All I know is I, for my 80th birthday, we went to Brooklyn. Yeah. So everything was perfect. And we, th- we had traffic getting over that Brooklyn bridge yeah. to get to where we yeah. had to go. Yeah. Remember? Uh, but it was the most beautiful uh, roof, rooftop restaurant where we went and we loved it i i loved it it was like looking at the city from the other side which is also one of the prettiest for people who don't the best know view of manhattan the best view. is from, it's from brooklyn. brooklyn that's that's what i was going to say where was the rooftop was uh it? dumbo house oh my god i went there last week yeah it's so, so pretty. it was so mm-hmm. great oh yeah. I lo- it was one of my favorite yeah. nights and Aww. then it was so this. funny because it was i think it was must have been a weekend night or maybe it wasn't but you were like is this how people go out now because it was so busy <laughs> it and, was so packed yeah. and you know in the upper east side you see three people in the restaurant <laughs> yeah. everyone's going yay he's yeah. doing so well this week right <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Brooklyn is popping. Yeah. Okay, I want to end the episode with a game we play with all of our guests, Grandma Gail's Old Fashioned Dating Quiz. Oh, okay. So we're going to go through some hypotheticals, and then we'll deem whether you're more of an old-fashioned dater like her or more of a modern dater like me. Okay. Okay. First one is, would you rather receive a call or a text from the person you're dating if it's just to say hi? A text. <laughs> okay. So that's one point for me. <laughs> would you sleep with someone on the first date? No. Okay. One point for grandma. <laughs> One point for grandma. Grandma's not sleeping at all. Uh, dating apps or setups? Ooh. I would love a setup. Okay. Would you move in together before getting engaged or wait until you're engaged to move in? I would move in before. Oh, that's me. Okay. Um, I'm keeping a tally. Okay, okay. And... Who should pay for the date? Should it be one person in a relationship or should you like split, alternate? The first date or the, through the whole relationship? I think like in the beginning. In the beginning, I want the guy to pay. Okay. I think three against two, so you yep. win. I win. I'm old fashioned. You're more old fashioned. More old fashioned. I am from the South. Yeah. That's correct. <laughs> we like that. Uh, okay. And we're going to end also with a 1950s movie of the week. There's no business like show business, 1954. Um, we figured we're talking about the industry and it was sort of relevant. (laughs) Marilyn Monroe. Who else was in it? I don't remember, Kim. 1954. I was not even in high school. (laughs) How old were you? 1954. I was 12 years old. Um, yeah, but so you I don't remember the movie from when I was 12 years old. (laughs) I do remember I love the music. Uh, yes, it was good. And, um, it was Donald O'Connor. Right. Ethel Merman. Ethel Merman. There's no business like show business. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, okay. 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 Another great episode of Excuse My Grandma, you guys. Um, follow Chelsea. Where should they catch your podcast and follow you on social? At Chelsea Vaughn on Instagram and at Chelsea Vaughn underscore on TikTok. And the podcast is called Vulnerable, like my name, Chelsea Vaughn. And you can find that on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, everything. Mm -hmm. And we just recorded Chelsea's podcast before this. So you can check out the episode where she interviews us pretty soon. I don't know when this comes out, if it'll be out yet, but within the week. Um, And you can follow us, Excuse My Grandma, on social media. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.